Once upon a time, several very successful people got together and they were talking about what they'd accomplished and why. And one of them spoke up and said, do you know what success is? And they all became quiet and listened. He said, success is goals and all else is commentary. And this is one of the great truths in life. Success is goals and all else is commentary. This is the great discovery throughout all of human history. Your life only begins to become a great life when you clearly identify what it is that you want. Make a plan to achieve it and then work on that plan every single day. Napoleon Hill once said, the primary reason for failure is that people do not develop new plans to replace those plans that didn't work. One of the things I've found is when you start off on a new goal or a new course of action, most things won't work. <laughs> At least they won't work the first time. And many people try it once and then quit. But successful people try it, try it again, make new plans, make different plans, try something different. They just keep on going. Now, over the years, I've done thousands of radio and television interviews, and they always ask me this question, what was the great moment for you? What was the turning point? What was the Saul on the road to Damascus experience that took you from rags to riches that got you out of the ditch of life? And I used to get really irritated when I heard that question because it assumes that there's just one quick trick that takes a person and makes them successful. And I would kind of dance around the question. But then one day I sat down and I thought, you know, there were turning points in my life, and I realized that there were three. And I find that these are the three turning points for everybody. First, I discovered that I was responsible for my life and for everything that happened to me. I learned that this life is not a rehearsal for something else. This is the real thing. This was a real shock to me because up to that time I was blaming my background and blaming my parents and blaming things that had happened to me and suddenly like a flashbulb in the face I realized I was responsible and that if anything was going to change in my life I was going to have to change it myself. Now in every study of successful people the acceptance of personal responsibility seems to be the starting point. Before that nothing happens. After you accept complete responsibility, your whole life begins to change. The second turning point for me, which came when I was about 24 years old, was my discovery of goals. Without really knowing what I was doing, I sat down and made a list of 10 things I wanted to accomplish in the foreseeable future. I promptly lost the list. But 30 days later, my whole life had changed. Almost every goal in my list had already been achieved or partially achieved. The third turning point in my life came when I discovered that you can learn anything you need to learn to accomplish any goal you can set for yourself. Wow, no one is smarter than you and no one is better than you. All business skills, sales skills, and money-making skills are learnable. Everyone who is good in any area today was once poor in that area. The top people in every field were at one time not even in that field and didn't even know that that field existed. And what hundreds of thousands or millions of other people have done in achieving success, you can do as well. Now there's a goal setting process and I want to walk you through some of the critical steps. Number one, decide exactly what you want in every key area of your life. You do this by starting off idealizing. Idealizing is a special technique used by top people all over the world and throughout history. You imagine that there are no limitations on what you can be or have or do. Imagine that you have all the time and all the money, all the friends and all the contacts, all the education and all the experience that you need to accomplish any goal you can set for yourself. 
Imagine that you could wave a magic wand and make your life perfect in each of the four key areas of life. If your life was perfect in each of these areas, what would it look like? Number one is income. How much do you want to earn this year, next year, and five years from today? Wave a magic wand and imagine that you have no limits. The second area has to do with your family. What kind of a lifestyle do you want to create for yourself and your family? What kind of a home do you want to live in? What kind of vacations do you want to take? What kind of things do you want to accomplish for members of your family? Just imagine you have no limits and you could design your perfect lifestyle. The third area has to do with your health. How would your health be different if it was perfect in every way? How much would you weigh? How fit would you be? What time would you get up in the morning? What kind of foods would you eat? How would you feel if you had perfect health? And just imagine you have no limits. And then the fourth area has to do with your net worth. How much do you want to save and accumulate in the course of your working lifetime? What is your long-term financial goal? Remember, you can't hit a target that you can't see. And the greater clarity you have with regard to where you want to end up financially, the more likely it is you'll make the right decisions on the way along to those goals. So here's a technique you can use. I call it the three-goal method. Sometimes I do this with my audiences and I'll say, in less than 30 seconds, write down your three most important goals in life right now, right quickly. Take 30 seconds and write them as fast as you can. Bang, bang, bang. Now, whatever your answer is to this quick list method of writing three goals, it's probably an accurate picture of what you really want in life. What we found is that if you have only 30 seconds to write your three goals, your answers will be as accurate as if you had 30 minutes or three hours. Somehow your superconscious and subconscious mind goes into overdrive and pop, 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 there's your three major goals. Now, with regard to goals, you have to write it down. Your goals must be in writing. They must be clear, specific, detailed, and measurable. You must write out your goals as if you were placing an order for your goal to be manufactured in a factory at a great distance. Make your description clear and detailed in every sense. Remember, only 3% of adults have written goals. And not only do they earn 10 times as much as the average person, but everyone else works for them. We have so many cases where people will come to our country with no knowledge of anybody, no contacts, no language skills, and 10 years later, they have hundreds of people working for them and they're wealthy. Why? It's because they had goals. They were clear about what they wanted. Now, the third step in setting goals is set a deadline. Your subconscious mind uses deadlines as what is called forcing systems to drive you consciously and unconsciously toward achieving your goal on schedule. If your goal is big enough, set sub-deadlines. For example, if you want to achieve financial independence, you may set a 10 or 20-year goal and then break it down year by year so that you know how much you have to save and invest each year. If for some reason you don't achieve your goal by the deadline, simply set a new deadline. Remember, there are no unrealistic goals, only unrealistic deadlines. And sometimes you can have a logical, realistic goal, and situations, circumstances, financial conditions will change dramatically, and you'll have to set a new deadline. Now, the fourth step in goal achieving is for you to identify the obstacles that you will have to overcome to achieve your goal. The way you identify the obstacles is you ask, why aren't you already at your goal? Now, there's a principle called the principle of constraints. It's one of the very best thinking tools I've ever learned. 
This says that there's always one limiting factor or constraint, sometimes we call it a bottleneck, that sets the speed at which you achieve your goal. What is it for you? What is your constraint? What's holding you back? Now, the 80-20 rule applies to constraints. It says that fully 80% of the reasons that are holding you back from achieving your goal are inside yourself. They are usually the lack of a skill, a quality, or a body of knowledge. Only 20% of the reasons you are not achieving your goal are on the outside. So always start with yourself and ask the question, what is it in me that is holding me back? The fifth step in goal attainment is to determine the knowledge, information, and skills you will need to achieve your goal. Especially, identify the skills that you will have to develop to be in the top 10% of your field. Remember, to achieve a goal you've never achieved before, you're going to have to develop a skill and do something you've never done before. Now here is a great discovery. Your weakest key skill sets the height of your income and your success. Your weakest key skill sets the height of your income and your success. You can make more progress by going to work on the one skill that is holding you back than you can by working on any other skill. So here's a key question. What are my favorite questions? I repeat it all the time. What one skill, if you developed and did it in an excellent fashion, would have the greatest positive impact on your life? What one skill, if you were really good at it, would help you the most to double your income? What one skill? If you ask this question, what one skill would help you to achieve your most important goal? Whatever it is, write it down, make a plan, and work on developing that skill every single day. Write down every book you could read, every audio program you could listen to, every action you could take, and every day do something that improves you in that one skill area. The sixth key is for you to identify the people whose help and cooperation you will require to achieve your goal. Make a list of every person in your life that you will have to work with or work around to achieve a goal. Start with the members of your family whose cooperation and support you'll require. List your boss, your coworkers, and your subordinates. Especially, identify the customers whose support you will need to sell enough of your product or service to make the kind of money that you want. Once you've identified the key people whose help you will require, ask yourself this question, what's in it for them? Be a go-giver rather than a go-getter. The rule is that to achieve big goals, you'll have to have the help and support of lots of people. One key person at a certain time and place in your life can make all the difference. The most successful people are those who build and maintain the largest networks of other people whom they can help and who can help them in return. Number seven, make a list of everything you will have to do to achieve your goal. Write down the obstacles that you will have to overcome the knowledge and skills you'll have to develop, and the people whose cooperation you will require. List every single step you can think of that you will have to follow to ultimately achieve your goal. As you think of new items, which you will, add them to your list until your list is complete. When you make out a list of all the things you will need to do to achieve your goal, you will begin to see that this goal is far more attainable than you thought. Remember what Confucius said, a journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. You can build the biggest wall in the world one brick at a time.
Number eight is organize your list into a plan. You organize this list into a plan by arranging the steps that you have identified in two ways. First of all, by sequence, and second of all, by priority. A plan organized by sequence is organized by asking, what do you have to do before you do something else, and in what order? By priority, you ask, what is more important, and what is less important? Now, the 80-20 rule says that 80% of your results will come from 20% of your activities. On the other hand, the 20-80 rule says that the first 20% of time that you spend planning your goal and organizing your plan will be worth 80% of the time and effort required to achieve the goal. Planning is very important. Step number nine is from your list, make a plan. Organize your list into a series of steps from the beginning all the way through to the completion of your goal. When you have a goal and a plan, you increase the likelihood of achieving your goals by 10 times, by 1,000%. And there's lots of statistics that prove this. You cannot imagine the power of a written plan. Then, plan each day, each week, and each month in advance. Plan each month at the beginning of the month. Plan each week, the weekend before. Plan each day, the evening before. The more careful and detailed you are when you plan your activities, the more you will accomplish in less time. The rule is that each minute spent in planning saves 10 minutes in execution. This means that you get a 1,000% return on your investment of time in planning your days, weeks, and months in advance. Now, number 10, practice visualization on your goals. Create clear, vivid, exciting, emotional pictures of your goals as if they were already a reality. See your goal as though it were already achieved. Imagine yourself enjoying the accomplishment of this goal. If it's a car, imagine yourself driving this car. If it's a vacation, see yourself on the vacation already. If it's a beautiful home that you want, see yourself living in a beautiful home. In visualizing, take a few moments as well to create the emotions that would accompany the successful achievement of your goal. A mental picture combined with an emotion has an enormous impact on your subconscious and your superconscious mind. Visualization is perhaps the most powerful faculty available to you to help you achieve your goals faster than you ever thought possible. When you use a combination of clear goals, Combined with visualization and emotionalization, you activate your superconscious mind. Your superconscious mind then solves every problem on the way to your goal. Your superconscious mind activates the law of attraction and begins attracting into your life people, circumstances, ideas, and resources that will help you to achieve your goals even faster. Here's a goal-setting exercise. Take a clean sheet of paper and write the word goals at the top of the page along with today's date. Discipline yourself to write out at least 10 goals that you would like to accomplish in the next year or in the foreseeable future. Begin each goal with the word I. Only you can use the word I with reference to yourself. Follow the word I with an action verb that acts as a command from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind. For example, you could say, I run, I earn, I sell, I achieve, I acquire, I save up. But whenever you follow the word I with an action verb, it's like pushing down a dynamite detonator and it goes kaboom in your subconscious mind. 
When you write your goals, describe your goals in the present tense, as though they had already been achieved. Your subconscious mind is only activated by a specific language, and it's the language of the present tense. If your goal is to earn a certain amount of money in a certain year, you would say, I earn this amount by this date. If your goal is to get a new car, you would say, I drive such and such a car by such and such a date. This is a clear command from your conscious mind to your subconscious mind. When you write down your goals, always write them in the positive tense. Instead of saying, I will quit smoking, you would say, I am a non-smoker. Instead of saying, I will lose weight, you say, I weigh this number of pounds. Always state your goals as though they were already a reality, as though you had already accomplished them. This activates your subconscious and superconscious minds to change your external reality so that it is consistent with your inner commands. Decide upon your major definite purpose. Once you've written out a list of 10 goals, ask yourself this question. If I could wave a magic wand and achieve any goal on this list within 24 hours, which one goal would have the greatest positive impact on my life? This is a great question. Which one goal, if you could achieve it within 24 hours, would have the greatest positive impact on your life? Whatever your answer to that question, put a circle around that goal. Then, transfer the goal to the top of a clean sheet of paper. Write it down clearly and in detail. Set a deadline on this goal and set sub-deadlines if necessary. Identify the obstacles that you'll have to overcome to achieve your goal and identify the most important one, internal or external. Identify the knowledge and skills you will need to achieve your goal and the most important skill that you will have to become excellent in. Identify the people whose help and cooperation you will require and think about what you can do to deserve their help. Make a list of everything you'll have to do to achieve your goal and add to the list as you think of new things to do. Organize your list by sequence and priority, by what you have to do first and by what is most important. Make a plan by organizing your list into steps from the first to the last and then resolve to take action on your plan every single day. Plan your goals in terms of the activities that you will have to engage in to achieve it, daily, weekly, and monthly, in advance. And then discipline yourself to concentrate single-mindedly on the most important thing that you can do today until it is 100% complete. Practice single-handling with every major task. Resolve in advance that no matter what happens, you will never give up. Each time you persist and overcome the inevitable failures and disappointments you will experience, you become stronger and more resilient. You increase your self-esteem and self-confidence. Your goal is to eventually become unstoppable. So decide exactly what you want, write it down, make a plan, and work on it every single day. If you do this over and over again until it becomes a habit, you will accomplish more in the next few weeks and months than many people accomplish in several years or a lifetime. Begin today. Now let's talk about one of the most important subjects of all for achieving goals or any kind of success in life, and it's time management. Now here is the basic rule. Time management is really life management. 
It's really management of yourself. As Peter Drucker said, you can't manage time, you can only manage yourself. And the most successful people are the ones who manage themselves the very best. The quality of your time management determines the quality of your life. I used to think that time management was a peripheral subject, sort of like I was the sun and time management was one of the planets that orbited around my life. The turning point for me came when I realized that time management is the sun and everything in your life is a planet that goes around it. If you have your time completely under control, every other part of your life falls into alignment. Now, the good news is that time management is a skill that can be learned, and it must be learned. Sometimes people say, well, I'm not very good at time management, I'm not very punctual, I have too much to do and too little time. Well, this is a choice that you make. Sometimes I joke with my audience, I say, I've developed a method to teach people time management in just 20 seconds. I can make everybody here a brilliant time manager in just 20 seconds. Do you want to see my method? They say, yes, yes. So I reach into my pocket like I'm pulling out a pistol, and I put it next to the person's head in the front row, and I say, all right, I'm going to follow you around for the next 24 hours. If you waste a single second, I'm going to blow your brains out. Now, under those circumstances, would you be a good time manager? You bet you would. And the point that I'm making is that time management is a choice. You choose to manage your time well. If you have to catch a plane, and that plane is really important, by gum you organize every part of your life so you are there ready to catch the plane in advance. You choose to be a good time manager. Once you understand that, you realize it's not genetic, it's not the way you were brought up, it's not the way you were as a kid, it's just simply a decision that you make. Now, the situation in your life today is simple. First of all, you have too much to do and too little time. No matter how much you get done, you have even more to get done. Your workload and your responsibilities continue to increase. This is a normal and natural fact of being an adult. Now, here is the insight. You will never get caught up. You will never get caught up. Everybody has this idea that somehow they're going to find a technique or a method and then they're going to get caught up. No, you'll never get caught up. The only way that you can manage your time, as we'll talk about, is by stopping doing certain things. We'll come to that. So we say goals are the starting point of time management. These are what are called the big picture, where you stand back and you say, what are my real goals in life? What do I really want to accomplish? Because an enormous amount of our time is spent doing things that are irrelevant to our real goals. So how do you double your productivity? Here's five steps. Number one, make a list of everything you have to do each day. Write this list out the night before and never work without a list. According to time management specialists, a list will increase your productivity by 25% the first time you use it. Now here's an interesting point. If your productivity, performance, and output increases by 25% per year, you will double your productivity and output every two years and eight months. If you double your productivity and output, you will double your results. If you double your results, you'll double your income. My point is that simply by working from a list, increasing your productivity by 25% from the first day, you can double your income every two years and eight months, and then double it again and double it again. The second rule in doubling your productivity is to apply the 80-20 rule to your list before you begin. Now, one of the most important words in time management is the word consequences. Something is of high consequence 
if it has high value if you do it or don't do it. Something that has low consequences is something that has low value whether you do it or not. So once you've made a list and you've used the 80-20 rule and applied it to your list, then you use the ABCDE method as well. Now these letters stand for A is something that you must do. This has serious consequences if you do it or don't do it. A B activity on your list is something that you should do. It has mild consequences. You know, it's like making a phone call, calling somebody back, checking in with somebody in the office. A C activity is something that's nice to do, but it has no consequences at all. Drinking a cup of coffee, reading the paper, surfing the internet, it's nice, but it has no consequences. Now here's the rule. Never do a B task when you have an A task left undone. Never do a B or a C task with an A task left undone. The fourth letter in the ABCDE method is D, and D stands for delegate. And the rule is to delegate everything you possibly can to anyone else who can possibly do it to free up more time for your A tasks. And the final letter, E, stands for eliminate. And your job, your goal, is to eliminate all low-value, no-value activities. The fact is that there's a lot of things that you do during the course of the day that if you never did them at all, they would make no difference. And the more tasks you eliminate and delegate, the more time you have to do the things that really make a difference in your life. So the first three keys to doubling your income and your productivity, number one, make a list and work from a list. Number two, use the 80-20 rule and only do things in the top 20%. Number three, use the ABCDE method and divide things up based on the consequences of doing them or not. Now, number four is to ask four questions continually. Question number one is, why am I on the payroll? What have you been hired to do? If you were to go to your boss and say, boss, why am I on the payroll? What specifically would your boss say? And I can guarantee you, he would not tell you that you're on the payroll to get along well with your coworkers and to surf the internet and to read the paper and to drink coffee. You're on the payroll to get specific results that the company can pay you for, which contribute to the results that your company has to achieve to survive and thrive in a competitive marketplace. The second question you ask is, what are my highest value activities? Of all the things you do, what are the things you do that are more valuable than anything else? The next question you ask is, what can I, and only I, do, which if done well will make a real difference? Now, in your work, there are certain things that only you can do. If you don't do them, nobody else will do them. They won't get done. But if you do do them, and you do them promptly, and you do them well, they can make a major difference in your life. The answer to this question, by the way, changes with changing priorities, changing activities. But keep asking every minute, what can I, and only I, do, which done well, will make a real difference. And finally, keep asking, what is the most valuable use of my time right now? If you look at all of time management, and I've read dozens of books, I've produced programs that are distributed all over the world in time management, they all come down to answering that one question. What is the most valuable use of my time right now? And whatever it is, make sure that that's what you're doing every minute of every day. Now, the fifth key to doubling your productivity is for you to concentrate single-mindedly on one thing, the most important thing, and stay at it until it's 100% complete. What we find is that single handling on your most important tasks saves as much as 80% of the time required. Concentrated, focused work 
on a single task is a source of energy and enthusiasm and increased self-esteem. Closure and completion, getting a task finished, raises your self-esteem and motivates you to do even more. Now, I write and produce four books a year. Professional writers who write for a living are fortunate if they write and produce one book in two to three years. And people say, how can you write so many books? And the answer is, I single handle. I focus and concentrate. When I sat down to write a book and I go through a series of steps, I concentrate single-mindedly on 100% completion of each step before I go on to the next. And it's true for everything else I do. And it's absolutely astonishing how much you increase your productivity when you single-handle. Now, this brings us to an interesting question. Do you procrastinate? Are you a procrastinator? And the answer is, yes, everybody procrastinates. Interestingly enough, by the way, highly productive people procrastinate as well as unproductive people. The difference is that they use what is called creative procrastination. Top people procrastinate on those things of low value with no consequences. Unproductive people procrastinate on those things of high value that can make a big difference in their lives. So here are 10 ways that you can use to overcome procrastination. Number one is set clear written goals and make written plans of action. The very act of writing things down often motivates you to get started. And once you get started, like a rock rolling down a hill, you get going and you keep going. Number two, break your goals down into bite-sized activities. You know the old question, how do you eat an elephant? Answer is, one bite at a time. So if you can take a big goal and break it down into a lot of tiny little tasks, it seems much easier to get started by doing just one little task. The third way to overcome procrastination is to look at what you have to do in the course of the day, select one single activity, and start on it immediately. Just motivate yourself to say, I do this now, I do this now, do it now, and you start immediately on one task, and that often breaks the mental logjam. A fourth way to overcome procrastination is to Swiss cheese your tasks. If you can imagine a Swiss cheese with a bunch of holes in it, so what you do is you punch a hole in a task, you select a small part of a big job, and you do only that. Sometimes just taking one small piece of the task is enough to get you started. A fifth way to overcome procrastination is to salami slice a major job. That means you break a major job into a series of small slices, and then you do one piece of the job to get started. You know the old saying, how do you eat a loaf of salami? One slice at a time. A sixth way to overcome procrastination is to what we call 2080, the task. Sometimes the first 20% of time that you spend planning, organizing, and laying things out is worth 80% of the whole job. So what you do is you get everything organized, everything in place, everything planned, all your lists made, and sometimes that just propels you into completing the job. The seventh way to overcome procrastination is to set a time limit. Work on a major task for 15 minutes. Say, all right, I can't do this whole job because it takes many hours. So what I will do is I will work on this for 15 minutes and then I'll do something else and come back to it later. Sometimes just working on a task for 15 minutes gets you going and gets you into the rhythm and you don't want to stop. An eighth way to overcome procrastination is to set up a reward structure. Give yourself a reward for completing part of a job. One of the activities I've learned in selling, for example, is prospecting. You have to pick up the phone and call people to arrange for appointments. 
And so what people will do is set a tray or a plate of cookies broken up into small pieces right in front of them. And then they'll say, I will give myself a bite of cookie each time I make contact with the prospect. And I'll give myself a coffee break after I've made 10 appointments. And then instead of worrying about the appointments, they worry about the rewards. They actually train themselves to focus on the rewards and they overcome their fear and their tendency to procrastinate in prospecting. A ninth way that you can overcome procrastination is to promise others. Tell someone that you will complete a task by a certain time. It's absolutely amazing how motivated you are to get it done because you want to keep your word. And a tenth way to overcome procrastination is look at your lists, look at your A1 activity, and imagine that you are going to be called out of town for a month, and you can only do one thing on this list before you leave. Which one thing would it be? And whatever it is, motivate yourself, drive yourself into completing that one most important task. Usually this will propel you into completing every other task on your list as a result. Now there are seven steps to getting more done during the day. Number one, work faster, which means pick up the pace. Work at a higher tempo. We say fast tempo is essential to success. So just pick up your speed of walking. Pick up your speed of working. Move quickly. Get on with it instead of dragging things out. The second way you can get more done is work harder, work longer hours. We say start a little earlier, work a little harder, stay a little later. You'll find that really successful people work longer hours and they work productively during those longer hours and they get vastly more done than the average person. I was reading about a woman recently who used to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, exercise, start work at 6, work for three solid hours, and then go into work a little bit late, and she'd have all her day's work done. Then, at work, she would work full-time without wasting any time, and she would get all of the next day's work done as well. In time, she was doing the equivalent of three days of work every single day by simply working longer hours. And she was promoted and paid more and promoted and paid more until she was a senior executive and one of the highest paid people in her company, just simply because she worked longer, harder hours. A third way that you can get more done is to work together. Work with others on big tasks. Sometimes if you develop sort of a production line rhythm or you work with a delegation structure, you do this and they do that and you do this and they do that, you'll be amazed at how much more you can get done. A fourth way to get more done is to simplify the work. And the way you simplify the work is you eliminate steps. You simplify it so that you get more of it done faster. You consolidate it or condense the work and get on with it and get it done quickly. Remember, the simpler the work and the fewer the steps, the more you get done, the faster. Here's a fifth way to get more done. It's to do things that you're better at. When you do things that you're better at, you make fewer mistakes, which means you get more things done in a shorter period of time. I'll give you an example. When I started off my career, I became a copywriter for a major advertising agency. I read book after book after book on writing copy. I spent hours and hours and hours writing advertising copy, promotional copy. Today in my company, when somebody needs a piece of copy for a brochure, a product, the outside of a program, something like that, they send it on to me and I can whip out a piece of really good copy in a matter of a few minutes. Someone else who is not a copywriter might work at it for hours and it still wouldn't read right. So I do things that I'm better at, and I've ended up writing thousands and thousands of words of copy, much of which is, I'm happy to say, very good copy, because I'm very good at it. So what are you very good at 
that you can do a lot of in a short period of time with fewer mistakes. A sixth way to increase your productivity is to bunch your tasks. That means do a lot of similar tasks at the same time. You use what is called the learning curve. And what this says is that if you're going to make out a series of proposals, if you do a whole bunch of proposals at once, by the time you get to the fifth or sixth proposal, you are down to 20% of the amount of time it took you to do the first proposal. If you are going to do prospecting, by the time you do the fifth or sixth or tenth call, it's taking you about 20% of the time it took you to do the first call. So when you bunch your tasks and do similar tasks together, you start to get faster and faster and better and better at each one of them and save an enormous amount of time at a higher or equal level of quality. Now, a seventh way to increase your productivity is to get better at your key tasks. Practice what they call the CANEI formula, C-A-N-E-I, which stands for Continuous and Never-Ending Improvement. One of the very best time management skills ever developed is for you to get better at the most important things you do. The better you get, the more of them you can get done. And becoming excellent at what you do doesn't save you a few minutes or a few hours. It can save you years of hard work in getting to the same level of income. So remember this, all business skills are learnable. All business skills are learnable. You can learn any business skill you need to achieve any goal you can set for yourself. You can learn to be a superb time manager. From now to one year from now, you can be so efficient and effective that they will be following you around with television crews because you're so good at what you do. And remember this, you could be only one time management skill away from doubling your income. You could be only one time management skill away from doubling your income, and you probably know what it is. So time management is really life management. It's management of yourself. It is the ability to choose the sequence of events, to choose what you do first, what you do second, and what you do not at all, and you are always free to choose. <laughs>